Welcome into Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club, episode 32. Tanner Sandell today here with my co-host Connor Hendrickson. Connor, thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. Pleasure as always. Thank you for listening. Yeah, so getting fired up. We got a lot going on in the club right now. So today in the show, you're going to hear us recap uh, the extinction. It's now live. Signups have um, started really rocking and rolling. We've got 53 now. Uh, 53 people signed up. It is live on The Refuge, so if you're listening to this and you're not signed up but you are on The Refuge, head over to that, uh, the extinction thread there. There's already been, there was like, the last time I checked it yesterday, there was 19 comments. What I checked again this morning, there was over 100. So um, already a lot of chatter in in that uh, Refuge channel and a lot more to come. Connor, a lot's already gone into scheduling this, but how are you feeling so far? I'm very excited. We're working hard to make sure that we keep everything dialed in, dial in any last minute details at this point, obviously. Um, just excited to see signups flowing in, 11 roosts represented so far, which is fantastic, and excited to you know kind of check in with all those guys and recreate some of the vibes that we had in Kansas City. Yeah, and a, and a lot more to come on that, so stay tuned as we continue to talk through the extinction and all the fun that we're going to have that weekend. But then we went into the event that will be happening for the club as a whole next, which is the member member. We are now in November, so the member member now – um, but it's at, it's the Gallup at Tennessee Grasslands. You've heard us talk a lot about this golf course already. We're going to talk a little bit more about it today as well as, uh, how interesting those pairings are going to be. Uh, we recap where we are in the fourth edition as that is the final is set and that is currently being scheduled captains in that group as well so um, he's going to be able to hear and see how how that comes along and then we get to talk about uh, the NIT this weekend caps going down to represent the club admittedly there's some nerves but uh, you know we're going to talk about it on the show but you ready to put on for the boys uh, all men must die, right? So <laughs> if it's my weekend, it's my weekend. We're going to go down there and we're going to give it all that we have. So, um, you know, excited to go down there, battle it out. I'll give it all I got. I've been watching a ton of Game of Thrones. That's where that quote comes from. Comes from. So I'm just ready to go to war right now, and uh, hopefully I can channel those vibes. You talked a little bit in the podcast about Neil and Danny Woodhead trying to will themselves to good golf. I'm trying to will myself to it this weekend. So we're gonna just try to pick up the vibes, and uh, you know, it, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to go to Jacksonville. Um, excited to kind of pick up some vibes like we had in Kansas City, like I mentioned earlier, and then um, you know. As far as the podcast today goes, I didn't get to mention as much as I wanted to as I forgot about the jackpot down at Limestone last week, but we're planning an event at Limestone Springs. Um, Limestone Springs, correct? I think that's uh, Limestone. I know it's Limestone <laughs> down in Alabama. It's crickets on, over here. Oneonta, Alabama. I think that might be how you say it. We're trying to plan an event for January down there, so on next week's episode, we'll certainly dive back into the jackpot that we had down there a couple weekends ago, but um, some questions at the end of the episode before our life advice as we always wrap things up. Yeah, as always, it's a pleasure for us uh, to have the opportunity to bring you guys uh, just a little bit different content piece. Still about 20 episodes out from – 
uh, an entire year's worth of episodes. But as quickly and as slippery of a slope as it's been so far, we'll be having that that one year uh, podcast before we know it. And to be honest, looking at Captain across from the recording platform now, really interested in seeing maybe who could be a good guest for that one year anniversary. I was just thinking, you know, that might work out to be the Calcutta for the fifth edition. So maybe we do a live podcast and we get some question and answer. We get some, you know, that's just spitballing, throwing things out there, but maybe we get, you know, real fancy with it and we try to really celebrate a year of uh, us looking at each other and talking in the microphones. Yeah. Watch out now. A, a live recording of this could be pretty cool. We all, we talk about all the time, uh, we're looking forward to a day where we can also video these yep. for you guys, but uh, kind of hammering down one location sure. and, and the resources to make that happen is, has been a hurdle for now, uh, but that's a really cool possibility as well. So stay tuned for more of that. Stay tuned for more episodes from the High Cotton Club. But for now, thank you guys for listening today. Connor, anything else before we send them into the episode? Yeah, get signed up. Signups will be coming for Santa's Slam. It's going to be December 3rd from 630 to 9 at our presenting sponsor, Golf RX and Mountain Juliet Golf RX, where Ryan Smith gets me dialed in. He got me dialed in with my Frankenwood, and he can get y'all dialed in as well, whether you need custom club fitting, club repair, lessons grips balls whatever you need golf rx can get you dialed in and they're gracious enough to host our you know de facto christmas party we're going to be having a secret santa we're going to be playing the hay which is tiger woods design part three out at pebble i believe is where that's located um off the top of my head i I don't know the West Coast that well, but I think that's correct. Uh, We're also going to be doing close to the pins and long drive competitions. All three of those individual competitions will host a showdown spot. So we're only going to have 12 to 16 guys there that night, and we're going to take three guys to the showdown. So this is a great opportunity to get out, and, you know, one shot could be all it takes to get you into the showdown and a chance at the regional team. So sign up once those signups become available. And without any further ado, thank you for listening to today's episode. Run that intro. Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is. Yeah, you know, Gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot test anyone. Get off! Yeah, look at this, Peter. Look at this shot. You knew he would. You knew he would. Oh my goodness. They've come a long way together, Jim, those two. It's a great story. Welcome in to episode 32 of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. 20 episodes away from a year of doing this with my man. How are we doing today, Mr. Tanner Sandell? Uh, it feels great to be here. And uh, in the pre-show, we were kind of talking a little bit about what's on the docket for today and just looking over the refuge and things like that and just fired up for what's to come and 
uh, anticipate a, a pretty good show today for you guys. Yeah, even though we're kind of winding down with the weather getting a little bit colder, the golf courses not playing uh, quite as we prefer them to necessarily. You know, a lot of leaves out on the golf course. Here in a couple of weeks, we'll probably stop posting scores for handicaps um, as a pretty general rule of thumb as golf courses get wetter. Um, we're going to be playing a lot more lift clean in place. Things are going to get a little nasty out there, but we're going to keep playing golf. We're going to play golf all winter long um, and excited to, you know, kind of dive into it today. Yeah. I don't know if, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to, to not, not post any scores to the handicap because of the stance that I took in the discord the other day. So I guess I have to stand by post every score, um, you know, but you know, that, that is a good question too, because I know a lot of places, uh, outside of these events, a lot of people at their home courses this time of year, like you said, they do play it up. And so to me, I'm like, is, you play is, it up, you shouldn't post it. That's what I was going to say. But, so if you're playing it up, you know, should you even post it? But you know? when we went down to the jackpot in Alabama and we got so deep into the process about jackpots last week, we didn't even get to dive into that, you know, day. Right. And so I want to dive into that a little bit today, but I posted that score just because we, we played it up, but if I'm going to go all the way down to Alabama and I'm going to shoot a low number, I have to post that for public transparency. I can't go down there, but we did play it up. And, you know, if you're playing it up, you shouldn't post that golf score, in my opinion. Yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about. You know, I mean, you can use your discretion. If, you, uh, if you're playing it up and you still play terribly, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, if you want to throw an 85 on there, you know, go ahead. But Listen, Jonathan Wester is the one who talking about handicap management on the refuge. That's the first fly guy. That's not any of us talking about handicap management. Yeah. Yeah, you know that, it, but that's that's that is a good point, you know. I, but I would I would venture to say if you're playing it up, surely at some point, and if not, and I know we're not at life advice, we could just be at hashtag no scummy golfers yeah. advice section here. It's but the the TC yeah, rule is always yeah. I mean, if if you are going to play it up, let's let's be honest about it and not just you know, whatever, but I, I do kind of agree in that conversation, which it works out because the winter is tough for a lot of people. Uh, I know that um, it, it just is what it is. Some people aren't as comfortable hitting three-quarter shots throughout the winter in, like, more gear. Uh, some people really rely heavily on their distances and don't hit other clubs as well, so when they're not getting the distance out of clubs that they need, it it puts them in a weird position. Uh, and some people just don't adjust to the, to the con- conditions as well. So it, it's an interesting time of year. Um, and so. it's going to make it interesting heading into the fifth edition of the high cotton classic where we're going to start stand. playing, you know, February and handicaps are pretty much going to be fall handicaps. And so it's how well do you carry that handicap through the winter? Um, you know, what's your kind of off season plan? Do you shut it down? Do you try to restart? Do you try to carry your momentum? how bad do guys really want it? You know, this is a way to make it to the regional next year. So um, we've seen through the classic, anybody can get hot. Anybody can kind of find a, a smooth way right. with, through the random pairings. And especially now that we have unknown golf, shout out unknown golf real quick. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the gallop in a minute, but what used to take me over an hour took me less than five minutes. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the episode where we've got them on the show and taking an opportunity to, to maybe, you know, I, is promote even the right word just because, you know, we don't, we, we, you know, I, I don't know, but to talk a little bit more 
about who they are and, and honestly what they can how they can benefit our community. You said already that you've spoken with another at least one roost, if not more with unknown? Yeah, so Supercell is in unknown. Okay. So when we opened up signups for the extinction to league only, I made sure that that I tried to make sure that that applied to Supercell because they jumped into unknown so early with us. Um, Josh from Supercell, um, Jay Smoove, I think might be his refuge name. I can double check that, but he uh, he caddied for me at the Natty, and um, he's been great and instrumental in kind of the planning process. Just getting an outsider perspective from somebody who is going to travel in. Supercell plans on bringing a substantial group of guys. So just talking about hotel prices and stuff like that. And then when we did start talking about unknown, um, he had given me a shout just to kind of talk through the planning process and what we do for the High Cotton Club. And I told him what we were planning on doing. And I think it was the next day that I had the Zoom call and he just jumped on the Zoom and um, we made it work. And so they've loved it so far. They have a stable for set up for, um, through their unknown system coming up. And obviously we have um, the Gallup through unknown right now. We've had both of the High Cotton Classic semifinals matches through unknown. And the Extinction signups are going really well so far. Yeah, and, and you just mentioned it, but going right kind of right into – uh, the conversation, well, I don't want to get out of order because the gallop is on here. I, I recognize that's going to take up a lot of the show. Um, I thought it was going to be a good segue into the gallop and being able to track it, but a more appropriate perhaps segue would be that you can sign up for the extinction yes. through unknown. We and have the extinctions live. It's on the refuge. Yes. And even if you're not part of the refuge, we're, we're trying to make this, you know, just a welcoming event. We would like guys to kind of get a taste of what no laying up in the refuge and the nest, the roost world is all about. So if you're not a part of any of this, but you still listen and, and you support us, um, we appreciate that, first of all. But you can go to our Instagram. We have a highlight for the extinction, and there's a link there for a public sign-up. So you can go into Unknown through that public link, and you can sign up without being a member of anything. Let me just say this. If you are a sicko, a golf sicko like we are, if you're an avid golfer of any stretch of the imagination, um, but you want to tap into a community of people that are similar to you and you're on the fence – this will do it. Like I would say if you're on the fence and you want to figure it out, like there's enough events that we have coming up before that, that would be a good taste for you to, to hashtag get involved. But even then, if you're still on the fence, I promise you, if you put your name on this, on this list for that event in June, by any combination of the following, you're going to join the golf course, the event itself, the community, um, the, the setup, like what we'll be playing, all of that will immediately captivate you. Yeah. So we're running out the golf course, which is very exciting because for the first time we're going to be able to set pins. We're going to be able to go out there. We're going to be able to pick our whole locations. And so that's going to be something that we haven't gotten Jeez. to do at Park Mammoth before. We've always gone on a weekend where they've had to kind of pick, you know, we've gotten a couple good hole locations, but we've also gotten some, some that they're just dumb. trying to keep, you know, just yeah. pace of play moving. Yeah. So you were talking about the community. We opened this up to signups for the High Cotton Club um, Friday night. Mm -hmm. And within, I think, like 16 hours, we had 30-plus guys signed up. Shout out High Cotton Club. Shout out the boys. And we need you guys to continue to commit. Even though we have that many guys signed up, uh, we'll just say less than that many have submitted their deposits. So until you submit your deposits, I'm kind of like, this is all fantasy numbers. So let's go ahead and get locked in. Let's dial it in. But – 
Clay and I were talking about launching it on the refuge and we were like, well, do we want to go ahead and try to launch this because we don't want to launch less than half the field for the rest of the refuge. Right. So we went ahead and tried to do the early launch on Sunday. Um, that, you know, we figured it out. Um, now that we've done it one time through unknown, it'll be a whole lot easier the second time. But since then, I mentioned that obviously we've signed up, the supercell signed up earlier with us, but since we opened it up to the refuge, Peachtree's gotten involved, Ohio against the world, Great Plains Golf Club, Splash of OJ, the Electric Factory, the Stroh's Roost, the Big Plex, North Star United, and the First Flight have all gotten involved for a total of 11 combined roosts so far, and I may or may not be missing one, so I haven't gone through and, and calculated all of the uh, um, sign-up submission inquiries yet, but um, that's pretty much what I've seen so far as I've kind of tried to watch the sign-ups come in. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, just thinking about kind of like what you said, it, it becomes, it's like that limbo of do we even want to put it there if less than half the field is even signed up yet to now, if you go into it on the refuge where we stand with 53 signed up and our goal was like 72 plus, now it's like you get on there and you don't want to miss your spot. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can feasibly do the weekend if if you've seen anything about the golf course itself i know there's been some discussion of we have a lot of um broken tea society guys in our club as well and so i think that it's starting to spread in in that group also and so just now it becomes like a i don't want to miss this opportunity to play this golf course you know the potential of how big of a no laying up imprint or footprint there will be out there all of all of that man it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome I'm I'm super pumped and and really a great time coming off of Kansas City what preceded Kansas City to where we are now also to where you're going this weekend which we'll get into later just looking at um the high cotton club in the public light at least um from a no laying up standpoint to now here it's going to give us an opportunity to really show what we're all about exactly so we need guys to get involved with the hotel we need guys to buy into the bus you know the bus ride is where a bunch of the magic happens that's where so many people enjoyed kansas city and especially as this bus ride is going to take us through the country it's going to take us you know past the cattle and all that yeah that drive-in is incredible we got to make sure that guys you know get involved and are a part of that um with that being said there is a google drive link either on instagram in the discord or on the refuge you can find it any of the three places if you can't find it just reach out to me and i'll send it to you but that's going to have all the information that you need for this event i haven't had anybody ask me a question that wasn't included on that uh sheet so if you need any information that sheet's out there and it's available um and if for some reason that she doesn't answer a question, please do not hesitate to reach out to me and we'll get you dialed in. Yeah, quick and shameless due diligence plug though. Usually if you have a question and there's already been some sort of communication come out uh, from the club, go there first. Go do your own due diligence, read it there first, see if you can use context clues or find the direct answer there. Uh, and then let's and then let's ask those questions. Just you know, save everybody a little bit of time. But um, you know, I, I can go ahead and say a um, because it's not far from where I live at all. 
um, and just, you know, young child and a wife that will actually be commuting with me every day as well as, you know, a, f- a photographer for the event. Shout out um, family commitments. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, or actually shout out families diving into the High Cotton Club yeah, as definitely. a whole. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So I won't be staying in the hotel. I can go ahead and say that publicly now, but. But there's no I reason would. for nobody else not to. That's right. <laughs> but what I was going to say is I would love to be a fly on the wall on the initial drive-in when some of these people, because you're like nowhere. And then you turn, you think you hear the banjos playing, and then you're like, holy cow, what is all this out there? And then you keep driving, you're like, okay, we're just on like a beat-up road. Mm-hmm. Like single, <laughs> single drive. You see, you can see the back of eight as you're pulling in the rocks everywhere. Yep. You see the the executive course coming in on the left side as you're coming in and the earth movement happening, transpiring over there. And then you see the beauty of the front nine and really just the whole property. Cause on that initial drive, you can see the entire property. Yes. Even to that back corner where 15 green, you 16 just can't see like is. the top of 16. You can't see the top yeah. of 16, which is pretty awesome. Like yeah. not really knowing on throughout the golf course. And then you finally kind of get around to seeing 16. You're like, we got to hit that. Yep. Like we got to hit a potential two fifteen downhill par three, but wind usually in the face. <laughs> and with a relatively smaller green to hit. And the, the great thing about, you know, you said you're not staying at the hotel with Kaylin taking pictures is y'all be able, you know, anybody who's not staying at the hotel from the high cotton club, you're automatically on setup and tear down duty. So thank you so much for volunteering. Yeah, of yourself. course. <laughs> but, um, Kaylin will be able to get everybody like coming off the bus. And that was a cool thing. That oh, we did for sure. City. And, and we'll make sure to be there early yep. enough to do that. And the other thing is see Kaylin downloads and edits in real time. So you guys will be back at the hotel after day one and we'll have already have photos shared in a, in a, in a, what is Google it? drive <laughs> or, or, uh, or whatever the she, Dropbox. Yeah, no, Dropbox. Shout-outs. Um, but you already have those in there. And that's the other cool thing is guys are going to be already reminiscing from day one yep. there together. Yep. So that, I think that'll be kind of cool too. No, it's, it should be a fantastic event. We're going to be playing 36 holes of Stableford golf individual Stableford. Um, we're going to flight the field after the first round. So there's going to be, you know, two sets of winners. We're going to pay out first and second in, in each. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a day long close to the pin contest. So it's not morning and afternoon. It's day long close to the pins so that whoever wins those is winning more money. That's well, and the other cool thing about that is it'll it's, probably it's be somebody like, in the morning. <laughs> well, that, well, yeah, for sure. But the other part about that is, that makes you feel better about that that skin to know that it stood all day. Well, you know what? As soon right. as my brain started working, I had already thought about the afternoon pins. So maybe we can't do that if we're switching whole locations. Oh, so. you know, I didn't even think about that. That also having the availability to change whole locations that's in the, the day. That's the hope for sure. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off logistically, but that's <laughs> yeah. certainly the hope. We could call, we could call into the super before and say, okay, in the morning, give us give us your most playable. In the afternoon, super's revenge. Well, the, the, the <laughs> just hope, put it in all the impossible places. Brian has mentioned, you know, he's going to work to Brian Ross, the architect. He's mentioned that he's going to work to make it to this event. So the hope is that he and I can go out on the golf course together, set some whole locations, and we'll be able to turn those into the grounds crew have them set morning and afternoon pins. Now, whether they have enough time to set in between a shotgun start, 
um, from the morning and the afternoon, or we have to just go like two cups and then the last group switches the flag, whatever we have to do. Like they pre-cut them. Yep. Whatever. We which have is to do. a, which is a slight advantage if you know where you're, well, it's not really an advantage. You still got to hit the shot. Well, I was thinking about it. that. Our, our greens are always marked going into a weekend event. So you, if you go out there and play on like Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you already know the locations. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter if you can't hit the shot. Got to hit the you shot. You know, and some of those, and some of these at Park Mammoth, oh, you go out to hit a so, shot. Boy. You know, there is a pin on number three that I've only seen one time in six loops, and I pray I never see that pin again. I'm, I'm not even going to tell you. Because, because you know I'll put it there. Yeah, it's impossible. There, is it's, it the, the middle shelf in the back? It's the middle shelf in the back on the <laughs> left because it's between two shelves, and it's impossible to stop a golf ball there. You, like, uh, well, I was it's not say impossible. I but, it to that whole location. Yeah, well, I didn't. So, um, and I, you know, I hit a shot that I, you know, at first I thought it comes up in that on the top tier of that middle shelf, and I'm expecting it to spin. And I, I don't factor the fact that I did take a full swing with a wedge into the wind, so spin is already charging up, yeah. right? And then it hits that shelf, and then it spins hard, and then the ball does not come to a rest before hitting that second tier. Like, it's trying yeah. to stop. It hits that second tier and rolls off the green all the way down. Like, it was gnarly. The one thing about that green um, site as a whole is it really does – kind of benefit to play that hole backwards because yeah. the first shot, whatever. For right. most of us, we're not able to carry those bunkers. Right. And so it's just kind of putting yourself in position to hit a second shot. But if you know where the hole location is on that green, to be able to set yourself up either on the left or the right side of that fairway so that you can have the proper angle coming into whatever slope. And so when we had that hole location, I played it to the left side of the fairway and I was able to hit like a, a knockdown wedge so it didn't have the spin just right into the, you know, to the right side of that. Um, You're talking about the approach. Yep. And so now it's just a little bit of a spin down off that shelf instead of playing all of it. And I've barely had any. So do you play, you play that as a true three shot hole? Yes. Okay. You know, because last time I was there, the bunker wasn't an issue. I think I was the the only person that actually, that kind of fits my eye if you know my game. So Mm -hmm. I can actually just hit the ball on the bunker and it works off the bunker. So yeah. I'm cool with that. Unless you get some wind, it, it, it might stay over that, which is, that is a dangerous line. But the issue was there, even with some wind in the face, you still really can't see mm-hmm. the green. So it is a blind shot. Now you can go up and see and try to pick a line, but I picked the wrong line last time. Mm. So I hit it all the way down on the left, and we had that front right pin location. So I hit it. I hit a great ball. It was just actually it was too much club. So I, I was kind of between clubs and I just flushed it. And then I was now hitting a wedge. Fortunately I did, but I like, it's a low percentage shot, yep. you know, or a high percentage shot. Sorry. Like I'm probably not going to execute that every time, mm-hmm. but now I'm coming back. I think there's a bunker there on the left side mm-hmm. too. So now we're taking on a bunker to that bottom shelf. That's it. I probably to that location we were just talking about. It's the only time I think I'm all right with that shot. I think I probably prefer your your approach. Go ahead and leave it short. So now you're hitting a wedge back into that into that slope. We could thank goodness we there's could gonna do be that a, on every single hole. Yeah. Well and I was gonna say this too. Thank goodness that there are numerous podcasts before this event because yes. we could we could sit here and talk about these different possibilities for three more hours. Absolutely. And, and it will and it would honestly be a brief it would time would get away from us. For sure. 
Um, so. so without us doing that, we'll go ahead and move on. We'll talk plenty more about the extinction to come. But right now, scheduled for June 10th with everybody getting in town for the welcome party on June 9th. Um, stay tuned for a possible date change to a week earlier. Uh, we want to make sure that this is accommodating to some special guests. And so we're going to see what we can do to make that work right now. Um, we're just waiting to hear back. There's been some illness uh, circulating around the staff at Park Mammoth, so we're just waiting to hear back right now. But we'll make sure that we update everybody as soon as we can if anything does change. And if we can't get it to change, then we're just going to rock with it, and it'll still be a great event regardless. We take a brief break from today's episode to talk to you about the fine folks at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina. Patrick Patton constantly crushes it with all the artwork in the High Cotton Club and the High Cotton Classic. And the Patton family consistently crushes it with everything that they're doing at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina. New winter hours, so check these out. They're going to be closed Monday and Tuesday, but they're open Wednesday, Thursday, 11 to 10, Friday and Saturday, 11 to 11, and then Sunday again, 11 to 10. Great things is always going on at the Rudder. And even though the winter, the weather is getting a little bit colder as winter approaches, they're doing trivia on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Talk nerdy to me, $50 for first, $25 for second, $10 for third, and it is family-friendly trivia. So get your family out there at the Rudder at Anchor High Marina, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Again, they are open now. Mondays and Tuesdays are closed. Wednesdays and Thursdays, 11 to 10. Friday and Saturday, 11 to 11. And then Sunday, 11 to 10. You can give them a call at 615-348-0129 or find them at 126 River Road in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Happy hour, Tuesday through Friday, 2 to 6, outside of their fantastic events. They always do such a great job hosting those. And I look forward to getting out there soon for a trivia night and hope that we get some guys from the High Cotton Club to join me. So without any further ado, let's get back to today's episode. So... Moving on to the gallop at the Grasslands. It's just over there a we week go. and a half away now. We're recording this on Tuesday. Hopefully you guys are listening to this on Friday, and it's just a week away at that point. But the gallop at the Grasslands, we have tea time set. We have pairings set. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Hey, he's all right. He's all right. I'm looking at him. He's good. Uh, but pairings are set. Actually, that was a good, that's a good thing that you brought that up because I wanted to look at it in real time. I have the, I have the pairings. Uh, that were posted, but I wanted to go into unknown and look at it real time. Can I access that in unknown? Yeah. So okay, you're perfect. able to just go to your player portal and okay. you'll be able to go to your events and just go to the T sheet. So I, Sweet. I just did that um, as I was saying it. And so our first tea time at one o'clock will be Ben Circio and his wife, Ashley Circio playing against Brandon Burris and Patrick Patton. Um, Burris will be the low man in this group. Um, so everybody will be wheeling off of him. Um, ben feels really good about Sir, or, uh, his wife playing as a – she's in a 14 in this event. Um, so it should be exciting stuff there. Do you have any predictions for this match? I mean, you have three high flyers, and from everything that we've heard, Ashley is worth her weight in gold. Uh, I mean, we can put her in a uh, high flyer category as well. Um, do I expect I'm, I'm not giving any predictions on this. What I expect is this to come down to, uh, either the par five seventeen or the long par four finishing 18th. I like that prediction. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to the wire. The, the thing is too. it's hard to, it's hard to cut 
Burris out, you know yeah. that there's some probably some strong familiarity with him at that golf course. Patton is a, a dog killer conversation kind of guy, but Cercio is a, is a, can golf his ball. And this is his home course, that, yep. and they're getting a lot of strokes in this group. And so, you know, here's the thing. If Ashley can go out to Foxland, hit it 230 off the tee from the ladies' tees, and just get around the green, and then she's also stroking, if she walks away with six natural pars. Par I mean, birdies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, uh, yeah, she's gonna I know s- that there's going to be six birdies in 18 holes. That's a third of the field. I know that there will be six birdies between Burris and Patton. Because the four holes that she's not. But then you add Sercio, who is stroking also at his own golf course. This thing is going to 18. Didn't we talk about the strokes last week where the, the par threes aren't stroke holes, so the only four holes she won't be stroking are the par threes? Is that how we figured it last week? Well, yeah, and so, okay, so she doesn't pop on 11, she doesn't pop on 15, she doesn't pop on 2, and she doesn't pop on 8. She hits one good shot off the tee, and it's a par. <laughs> I mean, and those are really good. All four of those are great par threes. Yes. Two, this is, and Turley and I were kind of talking about this. You kind of come into that golf course and we talk about this being a big boy golf course but you kind of get punched in the teeth out of the gate like one isn't terribly difficult but it's a good opening hole but the green isn't just easy either no it's a big green complex but then two then you have two and then three i mean those are three if you if you're a guy that can for from the right hand side of the tee box if you can snap hook really well that probably plays into your advantage on three because it's reachable but even with it being reachable it's covered by bunkers that's elevated and a severe fall off behind yeah and i'm probably not going to say anything more because people that don't know the golf course that club selection into that shot because you may have 220 but can you stop 220 on new greens, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, or I've lost or is it balls better to play that green multiple times? Yeah, or is it better to get your number off the bunker, hit it ten yards shorter than that, and give yourself a wedge? You know, try to hit a wedge and just take eagle out of the conversation unless you're popping. So, so a lot to come with that golf course. I'll have to make that decision in the 108 tee time as okay. me and D ball tee off against Walt and Jay Mims. Uh, D-ball will be the low man in our group playing as a scratch. I'm a five, Walt's a seven, and Jay is a 13. So a lot of strokes to be given in this match. D-ball's going to be giving up a ton. And a lot of comments from one side of the field already. What? Hey, Walt, publicly, listen, man, and really enjoyed our jackpot recently. Um, first time getting around the golf course with you after knowing you for a while. But... Um, have you learned nothing? Uh, yeah. You know, do, have you have you seen what happens when you light a fire over here? Um, I think the the common um, uh, theme right now is who can dethrone Cap, and and then you throw D ball in there, um, not who can fire them up even more. So uh, you know, good luck. I'll, I'll say that. But hey, let me give dethroned. this. Let me give this to. Let me give this to Walt though. Again, not playing with him, so I, there was no preconceived notions about his game going into it. But um, I got to enjoy a jackpot with Walt uh, last weekend, and uh, Walt was hitting some nice little tidy draws right off the tee, and uh, it was it was good to see Walt 
get pretty comfortable quickly, I think. I think the group, which the High Cotton Club can have that effect playing in groups like that. You can get comfortable quickly. But, um, you know, I think Walt played well the other day, but kind of questioning the motives early on. I'd assume not say a word and let the play speak. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll find out. Well, D-Ball and I played together in the jackpot down at Limestone Springs, which I want to get into a little bit um, later on. But um, between he and I playing together, uh, they're going to have to play good golf. I mean, even losing my match last week, I played one of the best rounds I've ever played at Bluegrass, headed to Jacksonville this weekend, which we'll talk about hopefully. I mean, I mean, I told D-Ball, I'm either going to be coming back vibing or I'm going to be coming back with something to prove. So either way, I'm in a good spot. Yeah, that's nice. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I expect a lot of fireworks out of that group, to be honest. I think that I think you and D-Ball are probably in a favorites-type conversation for the field. Um, you know, getting past that first match in the derby is anybody's game, and I fully expect a really rowdy derby. Uh, oh, yeah. to to transpire but um i you know and i think i think we're right behind you so i look yep. forward to seeing some of that unfold as we prepare for our match also uh giving a lot of strokes away in our match so um we've gotten the notorious uh jt josh tyler who has made uh, a quick name and reputation for himself in the club um, but you know, here's, here's the thing, being successful in the club means you're battle tested and battle proved. Uh, and JT, listen, man, I loved having you on my team in the cup. I think you're a tremendous competitor, but, uh, I, I have a partner named Brian Turley and Brian Turley and I are both very interested in putting that to the test. So we're going to put pressure on you guys early and often, and we just kind of want to see how you respond to it. Turley and Tanner, um, two of the most seasoned competitors in this field, um, both played a lot, a lot of competitive golf. Um, Pierce and Josh, going to be, like you said, giving up a lot of strokes with Brian as a plus one, you as a one, Pierce as a nine, and Josh as an 11. But on that golf course, you know, if you guys win early and then Turley just hits bomb after bomb after bomb over Baghdad off the tee, that's going to get in their head. Yeah, you know, here's here's the thing that just me personally have kind of been think has kind of been thinking through outside of my match with Burris, um I I generally play as the scratch um in the matches and especially in my groups that I'm in. And so to kind of I feel like I'm in a situation where I'm going to be freed up a little bit to not be that we've talked about before um, mine and Ricky's relationship, but also how I've, I've also said pretty much said to him before, Hey, you go do whatever you need to do. I'm the safety net. Um, I kind of look forward to not necessarily having to be the safety net and maybe, maybe having an opportunity to go out to a golf course that I am familiar with and taking some risks because I can. And usually um, where you would be giving on the hardest holes, you're going to be getting on the hardest two. holes yeah. and you know, you with your game, your abilities, your skill set on those holes at Tennessee Grass and the Fox inside, you can make birdies on those holes. Yeah, I'd like to see what the one and two is. I know one of them is 14, and I, I would have to maybe look back. Oh, the, no, the number one handicap is six. 
Yes. Which is a straightforward Six hole. Six and 14, right? Which I love both of those holes. So I, it's really interesting to see, yeah, because 14, I don't have to hit a driver, but if Turley hits a really good driver, you know, and I have a stroke to play with, I'm, I may just try to take it on and force the long carry because I do have a stroke there. It, it will be interesting to see how Turley and I have a chance to kind of feed off of each other. I also have the – I fully anticipate – uh, quarterback and him around the golf course too, because it will be sight unseen for him, and so I'll I'll kind of be able to hopefully get in the process and and hopefully I you know I, I think that we'll have a chance to brother in law well together. I'm I'm excited. We've talked a lot. And early to mid November, um, just a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, it's going to be interesting to see what the weather does for us. Yep. You know, weather is always a factor at this time of year, and so if it's a little chilly, you know, this yep. golf course is going to show its bones. If there's wind, this golf course is going to be show its tough. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it will show its Shows, teeth. Yeah, excuse uh, me. No, no, no. I agree that it's going to show bones, but if you add the wind, it's going to show its teeth too. Yep. And I, to be honest, I fully anticipate a day like today. And That's so, kind of where my head's at. Is a okay. day outside like today. You know, That'd be fantastic. We got it's it, it's damp, it's it's not too hot. Um, there's a little, uh, you know, there's a little like it's the air is a little thicker, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it, listen, we've talked about this. We said it on the last episode. I put it in the Discord this week when the sh- when the pairings were released. This is a big boy golf course. Yes, we're gonna be playing the blue tees. There was some. Uh... So what is that gonna stretch? Sixty nine. 68, 69, something like that. There was, you know, some posturing for the back tees, but we can't do that to our guys. There's some guys that, I mean, myself, I would just be, you know, I'm not designing the event for myself, but I'm trying to, you know, use myself as a consideration that there are guys who are shorter than me, and if the golf course is playing too long for me, those guys are not going to have a good time, and we want people to have fun at the end of the day. Right, absolutely. Um, and It can be tough and still be fun. It can, um, but – the, the fact of the matter is, and we're still, we're going to go back to this. Anybody in this, in this particular event, in this field with the stakes where they are, when you're getting your strokes, the only advice that I can give is golf course management. If you can't manage yourself around the golf course, if you can't make wise decisions, you're going to have a long day. One of the many things that I, that I, that I don't necessarily mind about you know, let's say we come out and they have the box and we have the first two. And and then now yep. they've got the tee. I mean, we're, the, the, the advantage is kind of to me, right? Because if, if they can't even get in the fairway on holes they're popping on, why on earth do we even have to hit a driver here? Sure. Right? Like, or we know that we can go pound driver with authority and just put it away. That's kind of where I want to be, and to be honest. And somebody who can be very dangerous with their course management and the use of their strokes in the uh, 124 tee time is Mr. Jordan Gooch pairing up with Derek Bennett, you know, a low cap and a mid to high cap together. If Gooch plays well, a golf course that he's very familiar with, somewhere that he can generally manage his game very well, going up against John Stewart and Vince Gallagher, I mean, I expect a lot of fireworks out of this pairing but this match could come down to the wire I think it's coming down to the wire and here's why um I think there is an absolute unit in Vince I think that Stu has has got something to say um and we're talking to go him there. since last week's podcast he definitely has something to say I think Stu has something to say and I think um I've had the 
unique privilege of watching a lot of close interactions between Derek and Gooch and a lot of time spent on the golf course together. I expect them to to give Stu and Vince everything they want. If I had to put odds on it, I think it's plus 250 Derek and um, and Gooch. Like I think that that's where the money line would be for Derek and Gooch. I think the advantage is still Stu and Vince. But I really, really think that there is some 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 upset material there if Derek goes out and shoots sixty eight and Gooch can shoot a net even if Gooch can shoot a net seventy five to me. And I yeah, I don't know I, if net seventy five is enough. Um maybe if if, if, his, right if his handicap just plays true and he can shoot a net even and Derek is around par or under um, you know, Derek is a kind of guy, he's new to the club, but you know, I've, I've played a lot with him, but he's the kind of guy that his game does travel. The other thing is though, his off days are where some of these true, truly where some of these low single digit caps, these two, threes and fours, it's where they play all the time. And then when he's on, he's just a step above the field. And it's because, um, he, his, his attention to detail from a yard, his distance control with his wedges is something like I feel like that you have too. Like his, I used to have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. It's just like you think he's out of it. You think he's out of it. You think he's out of it, and then he pulls a par out of his tail, and you're just like, what in the world? So I agree with you, but it, but the the difference maker in that group is going to be Gooch. Yeah, because and, uh, Derek Plant is a plus one, Stu is a three, Vince is a zero. And Gooch is a seven, so Gooch will be getting eight shots in that match. Because everybody's stroking off Derek. Yep. So it's going to be um, he's going to have to go get it. Is Derek giving one to Vince again? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's it could be uh, it could be a, a matter of you know can Derek take Vince head on, and then are the are if Gooch's strokes can can take Stu, you know, so it, I think the, I think it is the pivot point in the group is Gooch, but it, it's probably going to come down to Gooch staring at Stu in the face. You mentioned um, me and D-Ball being some of the favorites in the field um, once we get to the Derby, if we got to the Derby, but three groups in this field have plus handicaps as part of their group. So um, D-Ball, you know, as a zero, he's the lowest in our group. Every other group has a plus one. So I have to imagine, you know, you and uh, you and Turley are the lowest combined handicap right now. Um, Burris and Patrick would be right behind you. D-Ball and myself would be right behind y'all. So it's going to be interesting to see who advances to that gross derby. And then once we get there, it's going to be chaos. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely have to start playing some golf in that one. Is that our four groups, though? Is that all four right yep. there? Any early predictions from you? I, I messed up asking Walt, that question. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I I told D-Ball that it's not when I'm talking that you need to be worried. But he, people might have noticed that I went quiet when Walt continued to talk. So <laughs> I mean, I noticed. <laughs> I'm headed I'm headed to Jacksonville. We can go ahead and head into that. Um, I'm headed to Jacksonville this weekend for the NIT. And – Listen, I, I just got a text from my chiropractor as we're sitting here. I think I may now have a chiropractor appointment in Jacksonville. Um, so we know if my body is right, I can be dangerous. Lots of talk on the refuge this morning about TC got a chiropractor appointment in. Um, so kind of in the same vein, 
if I'm feeling good, you know, we could be in a good spot. I need to go ahead and make sure I get my chiropractor appointment set for next Friday too, I guess. So that, <laughs> that's right. Um, Walt can get every bit of what hopefully I intend to bring to Jacksonville. Oh, oh, Walt. Um, <laughs> I hope you heard that, that challenge publicly. Uh, this is, well, I, I guess you definitely heard it cause you made the, the public challenge first, but you get to hear the voice behind the, uh, the, the fingers, you know, I guess. nobody yeah. ticked me off headed to Jacksonville. So Walt provided a little bit of the gasoline that I needed. You know, all I got headed to Jacksonville was compliments on my hair. Um, that's not going to fire me up. So, um, I appreciate the poster board material. Do, do they need to know who they need to invite, uh, from the community just to get you fired up out there? Cause we can provide some of that information to them if they need. There will be, um, a couple guys there who were part of kind of the whole debacle back in the day. And so I've already exchanged messages with them and they were pretty quick to back down. So um, I don't expect any sort of lingering effects from the past. I expect to go down there. I intend to represent the high cotton club. Well, um, as I always do and I always intend to, I mean, Um, so hopefully we can just go down there, have a great weekend. I hope to win my flight. Um, The format of this event, has 54 holes of Stableford scoring um, within a flight. I think there's eight people in every flight. If you win your flight, you go to an 18-hole championship match um, against the other flight winners, I guess. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of golf, 72 holes if I make it all the way. I typically do not play well in the state of Florida, but, you know, I haven't played there in several years. So I'm looking forward to flat lies. I feel like flat lies will, you know, if I can hit off slopes, I should be able to hit off flat lies. So it's just like hitting off the driving range. If I can have some wedges in there, I think that a lot of people struggle coming from the north to the south. And somebody was talking to me about this the other day, just chipping wise. Um, Paul was talking to me about getting out of a bunker from the fairway, just put it up on the toe, right? That's something that I do around the greens a lot of the time anyway, just to get the bounce off of the turf. Same. And I think that could really benefit me getting down to Florida. And if I can just read the greens a little bit better than I typically do, then I'm going to try to channel everything that I remember from Mississippi State and putting on Bermuda because I think that's the last time that I really did it. Mm. And hopefully if we can do that, then we can go down there. We can play well. Um, The goal is to win my flight. If I can win my flight, you know, and then go out in the derby, or the, the championship match and just represent myself well, but the goal is to win my flight. Do you know who all is in your flight? We find out Thursday night. Okay. Is it a captain's call or that style? It's a pairings party. A pairings party. Nice. Yeah. And who's a, whose actual event is it? This is No Laying Ups. No Laying Ups, NIT. NIT. Yep. Okay. So all the No so, Laying Up crew so will be So they're actually putting it on. Yep. Okay. Yep. The whole crew will be there, and there's talks from the Nest Pod this um, past month, the uh, October pod, that it's going to be – mostly NLU within one flight. So I expect there's kind of like a semi-pro flight with Huber, Lauren, and some other like Symmetra Tour players. Their flight one, NLU is going to be kind of the flight two. And then there's going to be some of us other mid to high handicappers kind of following in after that. So I expect to be in either flight three or four. Sweet. That, that, that's going to be awesome. Uh, well, we're going to be rooting you on over here. And we know it's going to be hard to – to give us daily updates, but we'll try to be patient as we can. Should be live um, scoring available. Hopefully I can shoot that uh, Golf Genius link over to y'all and y'all will be able to follow along. Yeah, that'd be sick. But, uh, you know, the club's behind you. Um, go represent well. Take some of our merch down there. 
you know, flex it. a little bit. Taking a box for the NLU crew. So I've That's kind right. of I think I've seen that kept box. some stuff together throughout our whole season. Um, try to kind of piece some stuff together. So the NLU, NLU crew, excuse me, um, will be getting a whole box, just a, a little token of appreciation from the High Cotton Club for giving us the platform, the community that we've been uh, so grateful to be a part of. There we go. I and again, I've I've been privy to see some of what's in there and pumped for for those guys. So the fourth edition of the High Cotton Classic, um, you're wearing the T-shirt right now. More people are going to be getting their merchandise as um, we have some gifts coming in from Buckeye Bag Tags. As we said, the divot tools didn't turn out quite like we hoped, so we're just adding a little bit to make sure that you guys understand how much we appreciate you. Hashtag getting involved. Um, but T-shirt looks great. The golf right now is hot. Mm. Head into the championship match after the Rotens rolled over the Doris brothers. Keep that momentum. At the Foxland course at Tennessee Grasslands. Oh, really? Was, was switched from bluegrass last minute to the Foxland course at Tennessee Grasslands. And uh, it sounds like Sam had a chip in from 25 yards. Jay rolled in some deep putts. And it was just one of those days, kind of like I mentioned in Stu in my match, that it just wasn't our day. It wasn't Dylan and Logan's day. Well, and you can get that. Plus, I mean, you know, have do we know how often the Dorises have played Foxland? I mean, I just think between the two groups, and um, I, I got a lot of respect for both Dylan and Logan's games, so I'm not saying this, but um, it went from their home course to a course that's not as accessible. I know Logan's played there a ton, and I, I'm sure Dylan's played there, but and it certainly sets it, up better for the Rotans to right. be able to just smash driver well, versus and that's, at Bluegrass where they're going to be kind of choked in. Well, and that's what I was going to say is it opens up the golf course, but I think where that could hurt the Dorses and benefit the Rotans, and this may have done it, is if the course opens up and the Rotans get to smash, like you said, does it put Logan in an arms race with them out there? Because if it does, I bet his game could get a little sideways if he starts getting in an arm race. So I, it, so if I'm speculating on how the round went, uh, now Dylan did say they probably shot 79 and 80. So it is what it is. But 70, but what I would say in return is 79 and 80 beat y'all. So and he said they didn't play well, but I'm curious of where that where that breakdown happened, I'm thinking it probably means that they just didn't travel as well over to Foxland as they would have at home. And there's probably a lot of reasons there, but um, you have to manage Foxland differently than you have to manage bluegrass. Cause I will say that bluegrass is a course management golf course too. You just have to manage it differently at Foxland. That just because sure. you have the availability and the openness doesn't mean you need to take it. Thousand percent. Yeah. Um, so the Rotans will face off against Nacarado and Peterson in the championship match of the fourth edition of the High Count Classic. That match to be taking place um, before – they have up until a week before Thanksgiving, pretty much. That weekend before Thanksgiving is when their deadline is. And so I think it's going to come down to that kind of final week. Um, but hopefully they can get it in with some good weather and some great golf. Yeah, the only thing I would say about that match is um – schedule best advice I have is schedule the date and dig your heels in and keep that date just mark it on the calendar circle it three or four times in a red sharpie but whatever you decide on keep the date I will say that I am part of that group chat just to make sure that that match gets scheduled appropriately and without any issues yeah so uh, we'll keep you posted on that
We take a brief break from today's episode to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Golf RX and Mountain Juliet. They are open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Ryan Smith has gotten me dialed in over the course of the past year or so between getting my lies and lofts dialed, getting uh, new grips on my golf clubs, and of course, getting this Frankenwood in the bag, the five wood with a three wood shaft, tailor-made stealth that I've been in love with over the past few months. Haven't even taken the sticker off because I don't want to mess with the swing weight. It's so good, I just keep hitting it off the tee, and I hope that it continues to show me some good favor moving forward in this next roof season. But if you want to get dialed in like I have and like so many of the other guys in the High Cotton Club have, make sure that you go over to Golf RX and Mountain Juliet. They are available at 11972 Lebanon Road in Mountain Juliet. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. And you can give them a call, set up an appointment, see if they have what you need. Whatever you have questions about, give them a call at 615-288-4539 and they'll be able to help you out. They've been great supporters of the High Con Club since the very beginning and we appreciate their support very much. Now, without any further ado, back to today's episode. Until then, we want to answer some questions from Mr. Patrick Patton, diving in on Instagram today. He has Gallup final predictions. I think I'm hesitant to say a final prediction other than two members of the High Con Club will leave with Vessel backpacks. Oh, he took the he took the easy way out. Um, I I will say this: I don't know that I'm actually going to pick anybody right now on the show either. Um, but we could probably do a who do we think might be going to the derby. We can do an early derby. I, I hate to even you know, know put anybody in the dirt like I, that. I know I'm the king because of, I'm the king of putting my foot in my mouth too. That first match, especially like I have no idea how Ashley's strokes are going to compare to somebody like Brandon Burris. Like that is a drastic change from you know a plus one to somebody getting 14, 15 shots from the ladies' tees on her home golf course when maybe those strokes, you know, who knows how that's going to turn out. Do you think home golf course is a conversation piece for for that? I mean, I don't know her game, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I would almost rather let um, Cersea maybe comment on that. But, you know, is is her – okay, so let me, let me say it from my own perspective with my own wife. Just looking at their handicaps, I think Ashley is a little bit better golfer than Kalen. But when I look at it, and if I was playing somebody at GCC um, where Kalen's getting a ton of strokes and the short tees, is that really a huge advantage for her and them? I don't know because for Kalen, it's not getting off the tee and it's not where her strokes are. It's around the green. So does home golf course give her an advantage? No, I don't think so. I, as opposed to somebody else that's getting that many strokes. So that's what I would be interested in seeing is of all the factors, a ton of strokes, the advantage off the tee, et cetera, et cetera. I think those strokes come down to around the greens. Like are those strokes going to matter around the greens? If she, if she is really good at getting from fairway to green and then in the cup, with her strokes, I think it could be a huge problem because that means that with that many strokes, you know, we know that Burris can go light up the golf course, but can he put seven, eight birdies out there and can Patton provide four or five more with that? I think that's the question because we know Cercio is probably going to have, um, you know, 
enough birdies to count on one hand and start trickling into the second hand probably, especially at that handicap. So that is a tough, that's a tough pairing. Yeah. I'll, I'll reserve any predictions for now. That's fair. Um, Patrick also asks, where would you go with the next tour sauce? His vote is Philly. I would say Montana. Ooh, Montana. I would say with, I think Philly is more of a strapped candidate. I think I don't Phil- know anything about the prices or anything like that. I imagine if you go to Philly, you would kind of want to see some of the better I'm, stuff that is outside of strapped, wouldn't you? That's true. Well, that's true, but I'm talking from a content standpoint. Do I want to watch a tourist sauce in Pennsylvania or do I want to watch strapped Philly? I want to watch strapped Philly. And tourist sauce Montana. And tourist sauce Montana. That's yeah. right. I don't want to watch strapped Montana. That's about like Reno. <laughs> or New Mexico. Yep. Like, I don't want to see that, but I wouldn't mind seeing a tourist sauce of that. I, I have a question. I'll piggyback. So, uh, let me answer that real quick. Um, I wouldn't mind a tourist sauce Tennessee. Like, I don't know what you call it or what it looks like or if it's a full southern thing, but on tourist sauce, it's a little more sea sweet, and you have the natural. Now, they've done a lot of content at Sweeten, so that, that, that may not make sense, but... I think there's enough cool golf here that um, that would be awesome. But that I think that's an easy answer. I don't know. I think Montana would be. I think Montana would be incredible. Yeah, I that think, northwest uh, corner you kind of get um, up close to Canada. There's some spectacular golf, and um, you know, I think you know Cody's connections up there. It would make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you know, I from a fall foliage standpoint and just what all was there. I loved strapped Northeast and mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind maybe seeing, um, but I don't, but I'll, I'll say this. I don't know that my answer is stateside. I don't but know the that next it's in the United States. Following that flow. Yeah. So I don't even know that I, I just, where do you want to see the next international one? I just talked in circles and so, and I never even actually provided an answer. And then I'm not even prepared for an international answer. So I just, that just kind of stunk. Maybe a, it's got to be South America. I was about right? to say a South American or a Central American country, a Spanish speaking yeah. country uh, would be really cool. Um, on uh, La Playa, a beach, that would be cool. Dem- the Dominican Republic would be pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I really would love to see some some content around Tennessee. And that may be a good question for another time when I'm not on the show is what golf courses would we see on a strapped Nashville? You know, cause honestly, in my opinion, you gotta this get is, out, you gotta get to outside Nashville, of Nashville. This goes to back to the Nashville roll call of like a year and a half, two years ago on the refuge. Yeah, this you, was a constant debate. You, you would have to, I, in my opinion, you gotta go to greater Nashville. You can't stick around in Nashville because it's like, oh, okay, what they played McCabe and this doesn't that. No, like, well, let's get out a little bit. Let's go to, go to a, go to a, uh, I mean, go to a Twelve Stones or or something like that. Or see, I don't, I don't think it has. I know, any I know what you're going to say about that. One. that Strapped, like, no, it just doesn't. And Nashville is an expensive city now. That's true. Um, I don't know like, that you could strap it there. No, I don't know if you could. Um, you know, I think the Vinny Lynx is like the first on the list that would have to be on there just because of the vibes and the historic effect. Right. And I don't even know if you can count that as a full, you know, strapped video because it's yeah. a nine hole par three course. 
That's right. When, when Percy Warner opens back up, maybe that's a fit. But still, just nine holes, right? Like, right. whatever it is, it's not going to be worth a right. full video. Well, and they're not going to play the most tourist um, golf course in Nashville, they're which is go, probably Gaylord. They're not going to play that. Hermitage. They're not going to play Hermitage. But th- but Hermitage, I would love to see those guys play Hermitage in a match play setting. Like, I would love to see them play Hermitage. I'd like to see them at Tennessee Grasslands. I'd like to see them on Troubadour. I'd like to see – that's why I was like – does a tourist sauce Tennessee or Nashville make sense? Because there's some big golf courses that if they can get on there, I'd love to see on there. Yeah, but I don't think that diving that far into the C-suite with like private clubs, because you mentioned one public golf course. That's true. Yeah. And that's 110 to $120 round. Yeah. So, you know, that's troubadours, unreal and unreachable. Unreachable. Tennessee grasslands is unreachable unless you have connections. We can help. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, just anybody coming into Nashville isn't yeah, like, oh true. yeah, let's go play Tennessee Grass. That's what makes this conversation a hard conversation, and probably for another pod. But we actually did have some questions roll in here on Discord too, okay. before we started. Clay Doty, while we're talking about no laying up content pieces, uh, and this was we had a couple of more questions roll in in response to our selfie that we took right before. Uh, we started to record this, but Clay Doty asked predictions for who wins this season of Taurus Sauce. That's a good one because everybody's won now. It's it is a good question. Um, you know, I don't think Solly's game is in the greatest place, right? Tron was playing really good golf in Kansas City, so is that an omen that he was playing good golf over there? He said it was the best golf he played in a long time in Kansas City, so maybe not. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, it could be – I think it's one of the, the Strat Boys, and I'm throwing DJ Pie in with the Strat Boys. I think it's one of those three. He's a narc. Okay. Take away with it. Yeah, so DJ Pie is a way of, especially the last three tourist sauce, and I'm looping this in into playing what seems like is better golf. I really enjoyed watching DJ Pie play golf in uh, Taurus Sauce, Oregon. Um, but I don't know. I So I like that prediction. I'm thinking, um, as a great philosopher, Drake said, I'm thinking of a back-to-back. Oh, man. I, I Not again. My instincts kind of go there, too. I, I mean, listen, he – so I look at Neil as the kind of guy that – he talked about in the Sweetens, um, in the NLU Cup, he was talking about Danny Woodhead and their unique connection with football. Um, and he was talking about how Danny is like one of the only people that he's ever played golf with that tries to will himself into a golf score. Like in football and ba- like baseball, you can will your things into the, right? Like you can, you can self-motivate enough. But I can self-motivate all I want to before I step on the tee. But if my swing path sucks sure. uh, or I can't release my hands, who cares about that process? Because I can still – I can have the best process and still hit an S word. Yeah. Like that can happen. So That's hearing why I've him, abandoned the process. Right, <laughs> I still love the process. But hearing him talk about willing himself, I will, I'll put Neil a little bit into that conversation with looking at um, just – athletes in general like Neil is very obviously athletic he played college football he looks like he could probably step out and play some pickup basketball for fun in strap northeast he boxed and you can see how well he moved like having also boxed myself 
watching that video of Neil Box, and I'm like, oh, okay, he moves like really well, mm-hmm. like technically really well. So seeing his athleticism kind of shine through that, I think it translates to his game well because of those intangibles that you just don't get with somebody else, the ability to obliterate the golf ball the ability to probably be a little more feel versus technical in, in his golf swing. Um, you know, and I see a lot of those things kind of, and I'm making this relation with my, like I feel that way about myself sometimes. Like I feel like I'm not as technical, but if this feels really well, I can continue to repeat this because I have a lot of self-awareness. I think Neil channels that really well. And I think it can be too much for the other guys sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like the conversation comes up a lot, like especially when Tron was still left-handed, probably who's the more premier player of the five between Solly and Neil. But I think there's times where it, it could point a little bit more towards Neil when everything starts to click. And it sounds like things are trending that way right now. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that's dangerous. Now, talking about the NLU, the the five or NLU as a whole, I think the day that we could start legitimately bringing like Ben and Cody into those conversations, I do think that there's – I think both of those guys golf their ball yeah, they extremely well too. Yeah, like they're in a Ben especially. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look at, look at the times that he's played golf in – uh, those tourist sauce episodes and there's one time where Solly and and DJ Pye are in a match and and Solly just laughs like Ben is gonna win this match like he's gonna aims both of us yeah I think it was that Oregon match it actually was. where Ben Ben had like 10 birdies yeah <laughs> and a bunch of eagle opportunities like it was unreal and then I think it's in tourist sauce also in tourist sauce Oregon when they're all split up Ben went with Neil and Neil took over the camera so Ben could finish the day, but he, he was like seven under when they turned. Yeah. Yeah, that play, was that was Yeah, cool. I can play some really good golf. That I had cool. the privilege to ride with him in the cart at um, Swope, and it was just a, a pleasure to watch him go about the golf course, and he can hit golf shots that I just only dream of. Right. And then, but you have to take Cody seriously too. Now, we've seen a ton of great stuff from Cody on just the content, and I haven't played with him like you have. Yeah, dude can – it's just like it's kind of like beers, just so straight, so consistent, and it's like you never get tired of watching. Yeah, you're just it. like, bro, really? Yeah, come on. But you know? yeah, it's always yeah. fun. And uh, he had the auto flex in the bag when I played with him, and I know that, that he's since abandoned that. So I'm excited to see what he's working with down in Jacks this week. Nice. But um, Pierce Berenger also asked, "What are the odds we get a future event at the Overton Park Nine? I have no clue what that is. Transparently. Do you know what the Overton Park Nine is? So I want to say here, I can do a quick. I know Google Overton Park too. has to be by John Overton High School. That would make sense at least. I tried to Google search Overton Park Golf Course and found nothing. So is this something that what? is this kind of like Firefly? Well, no. It's this is what I was getting ready to say. It's in Memphis, and I, you know I'm a I'm I'm oh a, it's I've the one that King Collins did too. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, it's actually, it's over by, um, it's like really, really close to where I lived when I was in Memphis. So it's near like the museum and and things like that. So, um, or museum of art, sorry, but, um, that's a good question. Now, I don't mean to step on your toes, Connor, but for you, Pierce, if we start making it out West of, of the state, um, I, 
I really can't wait for when that will eventually happen or if it can eventually happen because I have a ton of connections, golf connections, especially in that West Tennessee sector. I will say we don't have any members in that West Tennessee sector. We have, you know, some Alabama members. We have Webb Webb Emerson and or in Mississippi, not Memphis. But we do need to get over to East Tennessee. We need to make a concerted effort to get over there. We're planning something next fall. We want to plan something around a UT game so guys can go kind of make a weekend out of that. But I think that when we go down to um, Mississippi, if we can make that trip to Mossy Oak and Old Waverly work, there's no reason that we can't all make it a caravan and stop either to or from at the Overton Park 9. Yeah, Overton Park 9. And, um, yeah, I would be there's, – there's some unique little golf courses that if we could ever get around Memphis, I, that would be really cool. But that's also a shout-out for um, – and, Pierce, this is an answer for you too – Let's get that membership up Membership up over in West Tennessee, and the likelihood of us coming out there to play is, is probably going to grow. Um, and that could be a charge for me as well to get some of my contacts that are over there in West Tennessee. Hashtag involved. Sure. Yeah, we would definitely want to uh, continue to grow our membership. The more members that we have, the more cool things that we can do. So continue to reach out. There's some talk, you know, amongst the captains and other areas about splitting regions up, splitting roofs up. I know Ohio is trying to split up. And they may be trying to take um, part of our Kentucky guys. And, you know, I think they might be trying to take Clay away from us. But Clay said he's with us. He's a high cotton guy. So uh, he's going to continue to ride with us. And we appreciate him and everything that he's doing with the extinction, the refuge, and just his continued support and dedication to the high cotton club. I'd assume to leave that up to those guys. Where you are regionally is, you know, leave that up to you as the individual if you want to be a member. Until there's like a declaration that says you have to play with your assigned roost of that region, then I, I think that should be the discretion of no, the yeah, player. You just get to pick. You got to commit to a roost. And once you commit, you know, it's just like college football. I mean, right. anybody can commit to any roost. But you gotta, you can only qualify through that route. And there's so. no transfer portal. <laughs> there's a transfer oh, there portal, is, but it's yeah. you know, it's it's a whole year. You gotta. Say yeah. Well, on. if you want to leave the high cotton club, then we're, we'll blackball you first. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, we're we're not approving any of our transfer <laughs> yeah. requests. You're gonna have to sit in the portal for a full year. Yeah, we'll put them in uh, file 13 for you. Uh, we actually have had one transfer to the Splash OJ, but that's all good. Shout out Austin Anderson. He moved. Oh, down that's to, right. Yeah, he moved down. To I thought you were going to say Vassal but, got plugged in somewhere. Yeah, Vassal. I don't know if he joined the Electric Factory or not. Well, hey, Electric Factory, if you can get your hands on Matt Vassal. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be staying with the Philly guys down in uh, Jacksonville. You might need to put a weekend, bug in their so. ear about Matt Vassal, but he I could might end, not want to I'll put a bug in there. He could end up being a, a regional representative for Definitely. that club. I know his game travels well. He he okayed our match not even seeing the golf course. He, he would have like, been play the it. best player on their team by – and not to, you know, no pun intended, head and shoulders. <laughs> yeah, because he's <laughs> – He's seven foot eighteen. So. Yeah. Dylan uh, had the getting off the bus six? factor. He would have been the only other person there that kind of had that same presence. That's funny. But That's um, funny. well, before we wrap things up, we want to hop into life advice. I think you have a great life advice. While I kind of try to come up with something off the top of my head. Oh, you, so you want me to start? Yeah. You'll go ahead. Come, okay. You'll, uh, you'll crush <laughs> it, and then I'll just kind of we'll, we'll wind down softly. I got you. So. Today, from to me, I'm kind of getting back to my roots and, and where my, my personal uh, compass is. Um, and I, I'm going to come to you from, uh, there's a passage that I want to read to you today that's just kind of struck a chord with me and then just a little bit that I just I want to talk about. But uh, basically, it's just talking about how 
Uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain or conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above self. Uh, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Um, and so for me today, just kind of talking about, um, you know, looking at your environment, your peers, those around you, how, how do you, and I've kind of given this challenge before with how do you bring value and how do you impact the lives around you, but just looking at your immediate peer group, your low-lying fruit, the people that you interact with every single day, um, are, are you doing things out of selfish ambition and conceit, um, or are you doing things out of humility? I've said this before, but I try to always enroll myself in the school of humility. Um, but I'll also be the first to tell you that this is one that I need to hear more than anybody else. Um, I oftentimes have my own personal agenda. Um, I can give off, um, you know, kind of, a um, uh, an essence of conceit at times, uh, and it just causes me to have to be more self-aware of who I am and, and how people perceive me. Um, but one more thing I kind of want to throw at you, and it's the difference in affluence versus influence. Uh, and I think affluence comes from a place of abundance. And so if you're, if you're affluent, if you're from an affluent culture, or you live in an area of affluence, that's kind of everything outside pointing back to you, having your own possessions, having these things. But the difference in affluence and influence is in order for you to have influence, you have to be reduced or um, uh, humbled in a sense. And so in order for me, for what I say to carry weight, it can't be all about me. I have to show you that I'm invested in you and who you are and and, and, and your life. And hopefully I can go about a way of influence or influence your life or leave an impact because of, of how I treated you. So those are, those are things I give this to the club, but, uh, it's kind of like we're sitting here at my gym right now, but it's kind of like, I don't give a workout to anybody that works out at my gym that I'm not actively doing myself. It's kind of the same thing here. I'm not giving advice um, that I'm not willing to or needing to take myself. And so I truly do say that I need to hear this more than probably some of you guys today. But I, again, just I would watch your interactions, watch what you bring to the table when you're dealing with people in your professional life and your personal life and your golf life. Um, if everything you do on the golf course, let's remember that this is a gentleman's game. If everything is only to benefit you, if you're only doing matches to play them at your home course and you're trying to be the first person in the group message, uh, in the next four, four ball edition, and you're trying to run the conversation and, and trying to do those things, you know, what are you, what are you here for? Um, you know, we're all, yeah, we want to all compete and we all want to win, but what, what are you really looking to accomplish there you know that's kind of what I'm I'm working through and where this is coming from today so I hope it I hope this um is helpful if it's not uh you can skip through it or you probably will skip through it anyway so all good great word I think that's uh, you know kind of reminded me of something that I've been trying to remind myself of um you know in the morning looking myself in the mirror and just asking myself who do you want to be and letting that question guide my actions throughout the day. There's a lot of times where I feel like I have too much on my plate and I can't give adequate attention to everything that I want to. 
And so asking myself, who do you want to be helps me to prioritize those things. And so sometimes, you know, somebody's not going to like where those priorities fall, but as long as I can, you know, look myself in the mirror, ask myself that question and answer that question while still looking at myself in the mirror, then hopefully I'm in the right place. But it's something that I have to continue to do every day. I have to do throughout the day because things get tough. Life gets tricky. There's challenges, there's tribulations. And so to just continue to try to live by, you know, trying to treat people the right way and do the right thing. And, uh, that's who I want to be. So continuing to try to do that. That's a good word, man. That's a good word. Well, Connor, do you have anything else for us today? Any other PSAs or anything we need to go over? I would just like to say I am very, very nervous going to Jacksonville. Okay. I, uh, the last time that I headed to a, I've never headed to a solo event like this and played well. Um, you know, going to Knoxville for the regional, I had the boys behind me, felt great. You know, we kept the vibes up all weekend. Going to Kansas City, had the boys behind me, we kept the vibes up all weekend. Going to Jacksonville, um, I'm just nervous. Um, I really want to go play well. I really want to represent well, but I know that. The entire High Cotton Club is on my back this weekend. And, like, I don't say that to try to be conceited. I just, like, it means a whole lot for me to have the opportunity to represent each and every person in the club. And so I really want to go out and do a good job of that. Right. Well, and I know that's a natural that's a natural idea just because, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the entire view of our club was based solely on how I played my next serious weekend event, I'd be tripping about that too. But anytime you have kind of multiple people for people to kind of formulate an opinion for an entire club, that kind of changes things. But I think, you know, I'm going to, I'll give you some, some positive perspective going into that in that there's only a select few there that really know who you are and what you're about. So this is also an opportunity where they don't know you from Adam. They also don't know that you're an absolute dog. So like, that's the other side of that. That's the other side of that coin is they don't know what's capable. They don't like, sometimes you have to have a little bit of that edge. I take it a lot, just like in like these random work scrambles where someone comes to our office and they just want to go offer. So they invite me and then I go out and play. I, my hope is that I go out and play and they're like, Oh dang, we invited the right person. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that's kind of that edge that you can carry into is like, yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, I, this is a little nerve wracking, like you said, but you can almost use that to channel. If you're not nervous, just, you don't care. Right. And then, you know, like you said, having that dog in you there, I think there's looking through the refuge about a quarter of the field that has already eliminated themselves. Mm. And then there's about maybe 15, 20% that is overanalyzing the golf course and looking through every single shot, every single hole. They're looking at wind directions. They're trying to chart things out. Yeah. They've had their outfits planned and packed since Saturday. Dang, hold on, I'll do that. So No, you, you plan a week early? <laughs> a week uh, early? Yeah, you'd be surprised. Okay. I'm well, sorry. Well, I, I have to go home and do laundry this afternoon. There should be no afternoon. surprise to anybody. <laughs> I got to do laundry this afternoon just to see what I have available. Yeah, to take. You, and a lot of times it's even like I'm on – you know, I'm, I may even be like, yeah, I look pretty in advance. So. <laughs> I mean, no, there's there's three or four guys that have shopped for the Tiger outfit in like the pink and white stripe with the hat and are planning to wear it. I mean, there's multiple guys planning on that outfit. So I feel good that I'm not part of the over planning uh, party. Right. Um, I'm just going to go out there and I don't know, still don't know if I'm going to head down Wednesday or Thursday. Might, like I said, have that chiropractor appointment to get to. But I just want to chip and putt a little bit on the Bermuda. 
I don't even really feel the need to see the golf course. I nah. I think it's going to be all right out in front of us, and I'm not going to be trying to bomb and gouge my way around the golf course in a way that I need to know where I can and can't miss. I'm going to try to keep everything in front of me. You know, I'm playing as whatever handicap. Just try to play with that in mind. Try to shoot something around even par all day, and uh, we'll see where the cookie crumbles. Well, and the thing is, too, we know now um, that if you have to just shut it down and hit Frankie, you can. Frankie is going to be a perfect option for you. So I, I don't know where at Jack's Beach I would hit driver. It just seems like, especially that first round, it's just going to be all Frankie, keep it all in front of me and see, because there's, I'm going to, the thing that I've seen on the refuge so far that I have kind of taken note of is your carry is your distance. It's not rolling out very much down there. For me with driver, it's all rollout. I'm going to carry my driver 245 and it's going to roll to 280. But I'm going to carry my five wood probably 260, 265, and it's going to sit. So if that's the case down there, why would I not just hit the thing that's going to be in the middle of the fairway almost every single time, maybe 15 yards further than my driver? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the other thing is there's there's honestly nothing that is more annoying than someone that is still hitting it with you that's hitting less than. Yes. Like in it and. Yeah, I mean, that could just be, I know that if anybody were to ever do that on me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> you you got to yeah, think, but, if there's only eight people in a flight, there's only two tee times worth of flights, so I don't know if we're playing in flights or if we're going to mix it up. I guess we would mix it up to, to where everybody kind of plays with somebody different. But um, I think it's going to be very interesting where my handicap is to see if anybody else around me, you know, where my handicap is at five or six it's because of where my body is. So I know that I can go play better than that, but how many other guys can go play better than that if their body's right too? Right. Yeah. So it's going to be a dog fight. Yeah. That's, a lot of uh, guys want to go win this thing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, again, we could, we could sit here and talk about, um, like that, you know, just the things that we talked about today, we could go into a deeper dive on every single one of them, but, um, then we wouldn't have the material to, uh, continue to pump out to you guys. And with the extinction in June and still yet another week to dive a little bit deeper into, uh, the member member. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for now, but um, just from Connor and uh, and myself today, just appreciate you guys taking your time out to listen to us today and allowing you to let us get you dialed. Jack's Beach, I'm bringing the beef. <laughs>